Welcome to Beyond the Illusion. In this episode, we discuss some recent experiences we've had with sacred medicines. If you remember back in Season 3, Rebecca Naylor spoke with us about Cambo, so we decided that we'd visit her for a Cambo ceremony. Although we go into detail about that experience in this conversation, I will tell you now that it was everything Rebecca said it would be, and more. In addition to Cambo, Tiana had the opportunity to experience an ayahuasca ceremony and another powerful psychedelic, all within a relatively short period of time. We discuss how these situations came about, how they went, and the impact they had on us. Let's go to that conversation now. I didn't I didn't know you were doing that. Yeah, I wasn't originally planning to do that. And then it sort of because of the um, the ayahuasca experience left me sort of unclear. I didn't feel like fully integrated and I tried to sort of integrate it just through meditation. But it felt like there was more that needed to come through. And so I set that up and it was perfect because that's exactly what I needed to find. Like now I feel very, I feel like I have the closure within me for, for whatever this journey was about and this point in my growth. Whereas if I hadn't have done that last session, I, I think I still would have, I didn't f- get the shift that I needed. So mm-hmm. now I feel like complete. I feel like the ayahuasca and then the combo was the bridge and then the DMT was the conclusion. It was like a <laughs> trilogy. Oh. oh, that's great. So was it like a whole ceremony kind of thing? Or It was okay. a one-on-one ceremony versus the ayahuasca, which was a, a pretty large group. And, and I think that was a piece too, although there's something really beautiful about, I really, really like the sacred medicines community. I really like the people and just, the energy of the group and feeling so safe and connected and supported with others going through something similar. But I think as I've heard from other healer friends that have done ayahuasca or some sacred medicines, it's like sometimes those of us that are sensitive can end up being a portal for collective healing. (laughs) And that seemed like in that really big group setting, that seemed to be part of what my experience was. So, I mean, that's something, if that was what I was seeking out, that could be, you know, something, but I I don't think that that's what I was um, intending. Yeah, I kind of got that impression when we did the Cambo ceremony together, because, you know, there was a point where you became very emotional. And right as that was happening, it was hitting me the hardest. Like it just, just like hit me right away, right when you were, that was happening to you. And, um, I didn't tell you this, but as you as that was happening to you, I felt the exact opposite. I felt like this overwhelming sensation of joy. And so oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. And so yeah. I, I knew it was connected, though, because I could feel it almost. I don't know how to explain it, but I could feel that it was like you were releasing something for all of us. Yeah, it was so interesting because there wasn't like a... um 
you know, the combo, all of that was very, I had several, you know, a lot of emotion coming up, even just the drive over there, as I had shared the drive over, I already felt a lot of energy in my heart, but there was no story. There was no story behind any of it. So it wasn't like, oh, oh, this memory of that thing came up and I released that sadness from that time. None of that, none of it had any of that. There was no like personal story of, of something that I specifically was going through and working through. So I did feel very much like it was collective energy that was moving through me, just pretty much like what happened when I had my Kundalini activation, awakening, whatever you want to call it. And I went through that period of like 10 months of just like this wave of like sadness would wash over me out of the blue. I wasn't thinking anything. I felt fine and the energy would come through and I was like a portal that would cleanse that and then it would pass over and I'd be fine again. And that's sort of what that felt like. There was no there's nothing personal in, that was attached to it or nothing that I felt that I was like trying to let go of or anything like that. Yeah. That, that is the same like sensation that I got too, as it was happening. I was thinking the same thing. Well, um, since we're talking about, let's talk about um, the combo cambo um, <laughs> first, because yeah. I, I haven't heard, you know, we haven't talked about it since, you know, we were both there together in the experience, but we didn't really like process it yet. So I'd love to hear yeah. um, kind of, what your experience was yeah so uh it was a it was a little different than i expected it to be i thought that i was going to feel worse actually than i did even though it was pretty intense the the uncomfortableness of it all so for people who haven't done it before your skin gets burned and then they put the medicine on the burns so that it goes into your lymphatic system and uh it only takes you know maybe a couple of minutes before you really feel it coming on pretty strong. And then you, by that point, you've had to have already drank a lot of water. So a lot of water for me. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. And, and the point is to, to, you know, help you release whatever's inside um, that needs to come out. And boy, does it ever do that? I mean, I, yeah, it's the purging is so intense. Like, at least I was, I was vomiting as hard as I've ever vomited in my life. I mean, it was to the point where at one point I was laughing because it was just comical. It was just like, (laughs) I didn't know that it could come out so forcefully. Before we did this, I was mentioning to Crystal and even my parents that something inside of me had just slowed down. Like my body wasn't processing food the same way I had been in the past. And, um, so leading up to the Cambo ceremony, I did a juice fast for three days or juice cleanse. And I drank nothing but juice that I had, you know, uh, processed myself. And it really tremendously helped me, you know. And then after that, I just ate vegetables before we went to the Cambo ceremony. So my system, I felt like, was already doing a lot better than it had been. But still, like whenever I would eat solid foods, it just felt like it just stayed in my body. And I was telling Crystal, I was like, maybe I just don't need that much solid food anymore. Maybe I'm just, my body's changing. You're becoming a light being. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, she, she's like, oh, okay, whatever. And then after the, you know, during the ceremony, I could tell like it was going to, something was going to come out of me. And it did towards the end of like my purging was... Like I was vomiting up this stuff and she said it would be bitter and it was like insanely bitter. It was like, I guess it was bile, but it seemed like there was something more to it than that. 
and it was like bright green like i mean like the greenest green and it was so, that that was the weirdest thing to me was that it was so green and i was like wow that's really weird you know that it's bright green like that and and it had to do with my whole experience which was like being connected to the earth and the plants in particular and trees you know before the ceremony started i was like looking at the trees around there and they were just incredible like they were speaking to me it was and i've had that experience before um where i was on mushrooms one time and i don't know how to explain it but the trees were like they were communicating with me it was like a nonverbal communication and i could tell like oh yeah there this is something like powerful and it's not like a funny or a light kind of communication it's in, it's it's a dark like intense kind of thing like you know hey like we're here like we're serious and i was having that experience like a, a little bit before we did the ceremony so when i when this green stuff started coming out of my body I had these thoughts that it was like, see, you are like us. There's things happening in your body that are similar to what's happening in a plant's body. And that you are, you know, we're intimately connected through the earth. Mm. And we share this, so many of the same processes, you know, you don't even understand. And I was, and I was thinking that and I was like, wow, that's, that's amazing. You know, afterward, you, when you're laying there kind of processing everything that's happened, and you're just thankful you feel better, you know, after the vomiting and stuff. I had these other thoughts about, you know, how, um, which I came in with an intent to kind of, you know, have a, have a stronger belief in myself and, and trust myself. And then these thoughts started coming to me as I was staring, looking up at the tree. I started thinking like, why do we even cut these things? Cause you know, I was, we we're in a neighborhood there and you know, people cut their trees, they trim them back and they do all kinds of stuff to them. And I was thinking that why do we cut the tree? The tree knows, you know, what it's doing. You know, it knows where to grow. It knows how to form itself. You know, it's it's fully capable of taking care of itself. Like we don't we don't need to trim it back. We don't need to to make it look a certain way or do anything because the tree knows exactly what it's doing. And. And then it was like telling me, you know, like, you know what you're doing. You have the same knowing inside of you that when you let other people or society decide things for you, you know, you are letting them cut your tree, you know, because because no one knows better than you know. And it was like, that was this amazing breakthrough for me, you know, it was, it was just putting it in perspective, you know everything's inside of me already and i i really can you know i have a lot of fear and sometimes in life and you know i can just let go of that and it was just like you know it was really i i got so much more out of it than i ever expected you know i didn't expect anything like that to happen so that was wow. that was the main that was the main thing yeah how has your integration been since then have you been able to kind of like take that and remember that and apply it kind of in your day-to-day? -day? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I have a lot less anxiety about my future because I, I do contemplate that kind of thing a lot. And so it's just taking the edge off, really. And yeah, since then, I mean, for like three days, I had really, really intense dreams. Did I you didn't, write them down? 
No, I, I didn't write them down. I should have written them down because I have a journal now, and I even took the journal with me to the to the ceremony, and I had stuff written down. And, and uh, I it didn't it didn't occur to me in, until right now, just since you asked. <laughs> I probably should. <laughs> do, you, do you remember them? Are you yeah, I, I do remember. Uh, yeah, there was one in particular where there was a friend of mine who I hadn't thought about in a really long time, but we were pretty close, you know, in, in high school and college. And I haven't spoken to him in years. And um, he was in my dream. And I just like, we were talking about things that we used to talk about, like, like old time. And it was, it was so funny because when I woke up, I was like, wow. You know, I've been on this journey for a long time. If if I, because I remembered like the things that I talked about with him, were the kind of things I'm interested in now. You know, like very spiritual and like n- not the kind of things that people talked about back then, really. You know, because we're we're talking about like 20 years ago. I remember like, wow, that was pretty evolved of us to even think of those things back then. And have those types of conversations, and I forgot we even talked like that to each other. And so it was, it was wild. I woke up and I was like, "Man, we're on the same vibration or something." And so I should find out, see if I can reach out to him. And I, I found his number, which was even weirder. You know, thank God for like Apple backups or whatever, because uh, I don't even have an Apple phone anymore. I had an iPhone, but at the time I used to talk to him, and. Uh, and I, it was somehow magically appeared on my iPad, which, you know, I was like, oh, okay. So I do have his number and I reached out to him and, you know, it was, it was pretty awesome because he was like, he felt the same way. He's like, wow, I, I've been thinking about you recently a lot. He's like, it's funny you reached out right now. So yeah. So, so we connected and that was really cool, but yeah. I mean, it was just, there were a few synchronicities like that since, since the ceremony. And so, wow. And so Wonderful. how, yeah. How about you? How, how did the whole experience go? I really want to tell, I feel like because it's the, the middle piece of the story. So I want to go to the ayahuasca first. Yeah. Okay. Um, because it's sort of the bridge between, so I did, so I had planned, so we had, we had set the combo up first. As soon as Rebecca was on and we talked to her and we were both right after that, we recorded that episode. You and I were both like, I really think I want to do that. And then boom, next thing you know, like we had it booked, but there wasn't any availability until this time and everything in divine timing, because yeah, I really think that I needed it after the ayahuasca ceremony. So, but if we had scheduled it before, you know, it would have been a different experience. So we already had that booked and then this opportunity came up to do ayahuasca. And, you know, it's something I've thought about over the years on my spiritual path. And there was like a point early on when I first kind of awakened to spirit where I really wanted to do it, but I couldn't like, you know, this is as as living in Boston and I I couldn't find a, a way to do it back then or like where or how or whatever. And then I've gone back and forth with it. And, you know, like people always say, like, you'll feel the call. And I hadn't felt the call. And I even you know, because I've shared before that I really do feel like um, MDMA, the drug ecstasy that I took when I first was starting on this journey, and I was kind of in that rave scene. I really do think that that was like a key player in kind of opening me in this way that was part of my path. But then, you know, I was told by my spirit guides that can be really hard on your body and that I can, 
achieve those states naturally because with MDMA, I felt that oneness and I felt that love for everyone and that just like ability to just be yourself. It doesn't seem like, why would you want to be anything other than yourself? And it's just very natural. And that connectedness with everything, with the music, with the sky, everything, just you feel that oneness. And, and it, what, what it was is a trigger for my remembrance of, of what's really real. Anyway, I had been guided, but I need to find that within myself through meditation, which I did, right? I went through this path and working with energy and meditating and able to reach those states with energy and meditation. And so over the years, as I've thought of like doing the plant medicine, I always came back to the conclusion, like, I don't need any substance to get me somewhere. I can just do it naturally through meditation and energy work. But then I've been on this journey. I had those past life regressions where I was the client, where um, I was shown these masculine spiritual lives and that I've achieved what I meant wanted to achieve in, in the masculine path spiritually, which is like really transcendence. It's going up and, and out of your body and moving beyond the body. But the feminine path is the embodiment. It's the downward facing triangle, whereas the masculine is the upward facing triangle. So the feminine path is about embodiment. And, and we really have to, you know, people talk about ascension now, but we really have to fully embody before we can ascend. So coming to the realization the last couple of years that I need to, or I came to experience fully embracing my body and seeing and feeling, experiencing that as being spiritual, not seeing that separate, like, oh, I've always been so grossed out by the body. <laughs> like, I just, I've never been very connected with my body and all the bodily functions and fluids and all of these things really gross me out. <laughs> you know, and I, uh, I get weak if somebody talks about the surgery or something anyway, <laughs> but really trying to see and understand that that's spirit as well. Right. And, and the body is the feminine and it's part of like, like you're saying with the trees is like, we're part of mother earth. And so, so that's been a journey that I'm felt still like challenged with. And so, um, and then I had a number of clients that came in that were telling me, I've always had a number of clients that, you know, have done plant medicine, but it just was like in succession, everybody was talking about these ayahuasca experiences where they connected with the divine mother energy. And I thought, oh, oh, of course I haven't done, you know, in this lifetime, I haven't done this path. The plant medicine comes from the earth, comes from mother, comes from the feminine. That's what I need. And so I just felt the call and decided to do an ayahuasca weekend. Really, most of the experiences that I'd heard from people were, were really loving, like all of this love and divine love that they've experienced and so forth. And I just went in with this intention that I wanted to connect with Divine Mother and I had, you know, I had a few questions of one of my questions was about something we talked about in the podcast. Remember when we got the Akashic Records reading and Mia had told me, Mia, the Akashic Records um, practitioner had told me that the masters had mentioned this shamanic life where I stopped being a healer because somebody had been harmed, died under my care. And then I didn't trust myself and I didn't believe in myself, even though the people still did, I wouldn't do the work anymore, but that actually it was time for me to reclaim this method of DNA repatterning that I know, which, so, so that was like a year ago. Oh, yeah. And so here I was thinking like, yeah. okay, well, here's this year, it's all going to unfold. I'm going to slowly remember. That. Yeah. I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. So I just kind of was like, 
I thought patiently waiting. <laughs> I just figured like, oh, it's going to come to me in meditation or through dreams. And here it was a year later. And I was like, hey, whatever happened with that DNA repatterning thing I was supposedly knew about? I mean, because it came up to me in a dream months before you ever even met Mia. So I knew like that's a real thing because it came to me two different ways, right, that were not connected. So I wanted to ask Divine Mother about that because that was tied to this shamanic life where I was a shaman. So I thought, okay, maybe this doing this shamanic practice. Anyway, so I came in with those intentions and just being more connected to my spirituality through Mother Earth. I did forget about that DNA repatterning thing. So is that coming back to you then? So during the ceremony, you get two cups of ayahuasca. And there were two curanderos, a male and a female. The first one, you go up to the altar. And the first one, he had you place it in front of my heart. And then they do some blessings. And then you drink it. And I don't know. To me, it tastes kind of like like a natural cough medicine is like what I would relate it to. So it wasn't like so horrible. And then and then you get, had a little bit of water. And then they put. I think it was like a brown sugar cube. That's what it seemed like. But they put that in your mouth, and that combined with the ayahuasca to me is kind of gross. And so I had to like fight. So they tell you to try to keep it in your body at least 10 minutes so that the medicine can go in and do its work. But it was really hard for me to keep it down at all. Right after I had the sugar thing, you know, because it's done outside and um, everybody kind of has their own space where you have your sleeping bag and your mat and your pillow and your tissues. And then outside of that, there's these like purge holes, just basically kind of like a deep holes that are dug into the earth so that we are giving to Mother Earth our purge, right? <laughs> and so, and then it's it's pretty though. They put little um, candles there and flowers. So it's very kind of ceremonial. And, and of course, there's like ceremony done um, and intention shared and everything before we take the sacred medicine. So as soon as I get that sugar thing, whoa, I'm trying to like keep it down and not instantly purge. And I basically just made it back to my spot and I instantly had to purge. And so didn't really have very much time at all. That first cup in my body, I think I'm just so sensitive. You know, I can't drink alcohol anymore. I think I'm just so sensitive that uh, it doesn't matter because um, so I instantly purged and then I went back to my spot and, you know, they say it's better to close your eyes. Like I I think if I kept my eyes open after the first cup, it would still would have seemed normal, but I closed my eyes and right away there's like a lot of patterns and colors uh, in, in the inner just really, really bright, very, very fast moving, very chaotic patterns, but not nothing like it wasn't nothing looked like something. They're just weird patterns and colors and it's moving very, very fast. But the divine mother was right there and she was just talking to me and she was, yeah, because I had wanted to connect with her and she told me, I've never left you. I'm in the trees. I'm in the grass. I'm in the breeze. I'm in the fire. I'm here with you. And it was very beautiful. And I felt very loved and very comforted, very supported. And then she proceeded to, I, I proceeded to like ask her all of my questions. <laughs> and she gave me all of these answers. But, you know, it was at night. It's, you don't even, t- I think that first night, we probably didn't even take the medicine till like 1130 or something. Like it's really late maybe even midnight. So it's totally dark out and except for the candles and the there's a fire in the center. And so I didn't, 
I, I left my journal like in my tent. And so I didn't have my journal with me. Oh. And but I wouldn't have probably been able to see to write anyway, because they don't want you to have like people flashing flashlights and stuff that's kind of like distracting to people. Yeah. So I don't know that I would have been able to see anyway. How many people were there? Like 25 or 30 people. It was really large. Like oh, a lot okay. of people. Yeah. But it was, it was all, it was a big, big tract of land and it was all, you know, spaced out. And the men were on one side and the women were on the other side. It was like a really big circle. The altars at one end, the, the toilets kind of like the type that were at Rebecca's were at the other end. And then the fire pit is in the middle. So she's telling me all of these things. So I, I, I do remember like, she like laughed and told me that patience is something that I'm really working on in this lifetime. And that had to do, she did, she told me something like she will grant me that gift or that wish of wanting to remember the DNA repatterning. But she told me like in divine timing still, you know, like patience. And so I still don't know when that's going to unfold and I just have to let go and just trust and, um, yeah. So, so, yeah. but it did get mentioned though. So that's good. Yeah. Well, I asked. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> and the other, I, I can't remember the other thing, everything I asked, um, you know, she answered. And so all of that felt really good. Okay. Oh, this is great. This is what I came for. Right. <laughs> and then they make the call. Okay. Second cup time. Everybody line up. <laughs> oh, and I was kind of was- like, well, I, kinda, I feel good here, but okay. We're supposed to do the second cup. So did, did you know that was going to happen or was it a surprise? Well, yeah, no, I didn't. I did know that normally there's two cups. And um, in fact, and they had mentioned before that the first night often is like a handshake. So there was kind of this idea that maybe uh, the first night would be really gentle. But I already kind of had a premonition from the sharing circle before we even started the ceremony and took the medicine. And this is this was last month in November, which is Scorpio season, which is all about death and transformation and shedding this, you know, skin and, you know, the snake skin to it. And it was it was already intense time right after the elections. And it was that Friday. And then that Saturday was the Scorpio new moon. There was just like a lot of this like kind of dark energy that people needed to heal and release. And so just in the sharing, there was really interesting concepts brought up that not not as far as like figuring it out just yet, but just kind of like introducing this idea. Like there were people that felt very triggered by the requirement of dressing modestly. We were asked to wear white or light colors and to have kind of our whole body covered and women should wear bras. And and there was the idea brought up of like, oh, you know, I, I don't like that idea that it seems like we're supposed to be ashamed of the body. And why, you know, why do we have to cover it up? And this has been done for all of these years. And isn't it time to change that? And I think that's a really interesting conversation to have because I, I, I've been talking. It's come up in different places recently but like it's like that for reiki when i'm teaching reiki we often kind of say like okay well this is the way that it was originally created by the person who founded it but you know what percentage of the way that that's practiced has to do with that time and that place originally the reiki was done on mats on the floor because this is japan and you know do we still have to do it like that no we do it on massage tables now and you know like and 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 same with yoga which is reiki is a pretty new tradition but like yoga is a really 
old tradition and sacred medicines are really old, you know, with indigenous peoples. And so there is this really interesting conversation that we can continue to have over, you know, episodes in the future, because I think it'll come up more and more because we're moving into the Aquarian age and the Aquarian energy is just totally new, innovative energy this idea of tradition and this idea of innovation and then where's the like healthy balance for our evolution we have to kind of explore that it's funny you bring that up i was just reading that this morning about all the transitions that are happening like literally right now this week and next week are going to be like major stuff is finally transitioning completely that's what they talked about you know a lot of stuff is going to change old traditions are going to be challenged at this time. Mm -hmm. It would have been an interesting conversation to hear about the clothing thing for sure. Yeah. And there was other interesting conversations, you know, because most of the participants are white and there's only a couple people of color. And that's an interesting thing to consider too. It's just, they were talking about how it doesn't always feel like a safe space for someone of color because they're not really represented that much in that space. And can they feel comfortable being fully open and people sometimes, you know, feel threatened by someone of color expressing like strong emotion. Whereas a lot of times with these types of medicines, we will be purging like some big things and big energy and emotions will come out. And I just felt like the facilitators did a really great job of holding safe space for everyone to share their perspectives, you know, even if it was critical of of the facilitators. And so it was really, really, really felt like a a good space, but I could just tell there was like a lot of stuff already built up. And I was like, okay, this is all (laughs) coming up right now because, you know, not just for us, because this is a a piece of the collective, right? It's the microcosm, macrocosm thing. And so, so yeah, so a lot was built up for that first night. So going back to like, so, so now taking the second cup, right? <laughs> first cup is all light and sweet. And I had this idea about that too, that I was thinking about, because I think of my spiritual journey, my spiritual awakenings that I had two big awakenings. And the first one was like that first cup of ayahuasca. It was all like fun and rainbows and butterflies and uh, traveling out of my body and going into past lives and speaking to my guides and feeling energy. And all of that was fun and exciting and new. And then my second awakening was when the Kundalini activated. And that was like going into the depths, going into the darkness and purging all of this karma in the chakra system came up at once to be faced and dealt with. And so it's kind of symbolic of that, the first cup and the second cup. So as you can tell, so the second cup, so so this time she had me put it in front of the womb area. And and I can't remember exactly what she said, but she said something like, let this, you know, like cleanse and heal your womb or this area or something like this. And just kind of like what happened in, in the Cambo, just when she said that, suddenly like, I just started crying, but there was no story. There was no like, oh, this is that time when this and that, nothing came up like a story, just all of this energetic, emotional purge. Oh, wow. And so I just was crying so much that I, I I could barely like drink that cup. And then, you know, you get some water and then I don't know. Oh, you hadn't like, even drank the, it yet. And it was you. No, you, oh, okay. just she had me put it right in front of my womb. And as she said that it, I felt just instantly this, this energy move through me and then I drank it. And then I don't know if this is how it always works, but the second cup didn't get the sugar cube. So I was able to like keep it down longer. 
because I really feel like that little sugar cube thing mixed didn't sit well with me. Just was it even so, sugar? Do you know what it was? I don't. I don't know for <laughs> sure what it was. I didn't even ask. But it looked like you know it was kind of like the size of like a like a brown raw sugar cube. But that with okay. the medicine didn't seem to mix well with me. So I was crying. So I went back to my little spot. And then I was crying some more. And I don't know, because you're in this like timeless space. I don't know how much time passed. I mean, maybe I probably had it in my body for like 10 minutes that time. And then I had to purge and I purged. And then I went back to my spot and in it was kind of cold and windy. And I went, got all snuggled up in my sleeping bag and I closed my eyes and all of those weird patterns and stuff were happening. But now I didn't hear Divine Mother this time. And then it started to just get really, 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 really dark and evil and demonic and satanic. And there were evil beings there. There were demons there. And I was seeing just just the most horrible, horrible things, just evil, just like satanic rituals happening and and you know how sensitive i am like mm-hmm. you know i i don't kill bugs <laughs> yeah. or if i see a picture in the news or something it can feel like like a stain that weighs on my heart and so i know these things happen but like being forced to witness them was really hard it was just animals being tortured and people being it was just and it was so horrifying and it just went on for hours. Whoa. Yeah, I've heard this. I don't know exactly, you know, yeah. and I know that like ayahuasca lasts like five hours or something. I don't know exactly how, but it was just endless. Did they come and help you through that or did you just have to deal with it yourself or how did it go? So, so they had said beforehand that if it gets really dark, because there's a fire in the middle and they said, if it gets really dark, open your eyes and look at the fire. And at one point, so all of that was my eyes closed. At one point, I sat up and I looked at the fire. Like, so it, basically, it felt like I was trapped in hell. It felt like, oh, this is what hell is. And at one point, I sat up and I opened my eyes and I looked into the fire. But actually, outward looked like hell to me, too. Like People were going through their process and people were in their pain and screaming and all of that energy was out there. So I went back in <laughs> covered, but I also, um, I have to say that I had a knowing during the experience. And I know I've, sh- I've shared this before about the pa- the Egyptian past life, the, the failed initiation where I was kind of like forced into this, like, I don't know, sarcophagus thing where I was told that I needed to go through this initiation to face the darkness, to get to the light. And in that, when I went in through that as a past life regression, I was like, totally hyperventilating. <laughs> it was funny because I mean, it's funny now, but like it, it was over Skype with this regressionist in California. And I was thinking later about like, oh my God, what did my neighbors think? Because I live at a condo, but like I was like screaming and I was hyperventilating. I was having a full on panic attack in the past life regression because I was experiencing that. So wow. it's that same kind of thing. There was evil and it was incredibly frightening and, and horrid. And but of course, he like moved me out of that scene and so forth. But anyway, in that lifetime, I was supposed to face the dark and find the light, but it was so scary and I didn't feel ready. And I was 19 and and I had like banged on it and cried and begged and screamed until they finally let me out. But I failed the initiation. And so in this experience, I, I had the realization like, oh, this is that initiation again. I have to 
I really want to pass it this time. Yeah. And so I didn't ask for help because it was like, oh, I need to go through this on my own. Um, oh, I see. Okay. Uh, yeah. Nobody can do this for me. We each have to face the eventually whatever lifetime that is, that, you know, you want to do that. You have to face the darkness and find the light. So yeah, it was just going on and on and on. And then at one point I started saying to myself, only love is real. Only love is real. Only love is real. Only love is real. And so all of these horrible things are happening, but I was like saying only love is real. Only love is real. And then it would start to get lighter. And then I would think that it was going to pass. And then like somebody like outward or something would like start screaming and then it would get dark again. <laughs> and I get sucked back into the darkness. And I kept saying only love is real. Only love is real. I don't know again how long all of that went on, but Finally, it started getting, I think it was actually getting light outside because, you know, like this has gone on for hours and now sun's rising. And also like the whole time in the middle around the campfire, they're playing the Ikaros, the, yeah, the, like Ikaros. the prayer songs. Yeah. They're yeah. singing them, right? Are they um, playing them? There's some that they were playing and some that they were singing. Okay. They had some, like speakers and stuff. And sometimes they were playing and sometimes they were singing. And that music is really beautiful. It's, I feel, you know, as a, as a hypnotist, like, uh, I feel like it's very hypnotic. Like I could just totally, it like weaves you into this like deep, beautiful, but dark web, depending on the song, you know, mm. and uh, some of it is kind of pretty dark, but beautiful and haunting. So anyway, but as it's getting lighter, I feel like, again, I'm not sure if this is just my perception, but it seemed like the, the music was getting lighter too, the music that they're playing. And so at one point, and then finally, like the sun's coming up and I look around the fire and the, there's people there and they're smiling and listening to the music. It just felt like really happy. And I was like, yay, I made it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. um, oh, by the way, like, so all while I was going through the, the hell, I was telling myself, ah, oh, why did you do this to yourself? Oh my God, what were you thinking? You know, <laughs> like, oh my God, why would it, why did you pay for this? There's no <laughs> way I'm going to do this tomorrow. Not another <laughs> night of this. No way, you know. I was oh yeah, I forgot there's multiple nights, right? Yeah, and they recommend the first time that you do it that you do at least two nights because some people don't get anything the first night, like they get the handshake experience. Not me, I didn't get the handshake. I got like thrown into the fire on my first try. So in my mind, I thought that I had passed the initiation. That was the conclusion my mind, right? My ego made. As it was getting lighter, I did feel like a lot of like bliss going through my body. In fact, the whole time, and, and the person next to me the next day said, you know, like you were going, uh, and I was like, yeah, I remember because there was like so much energy and it felt like the only way that it could release was like through my vocal cords like that. It was more than my body could assimilate. Wow. And so, and that felt joyful or whatever. I think, and I do feel like there was a point where there was overlapping where I was feeling that joyful energy in my body, but I was like seeing the most horrid things. I think that there was I don't know how much of that period, I think, you know, there was a big overlap there. That's interesting to think about some more. And then the next day, you know, so we were up all night and, and I, I didn't go to the bathroom that whole night. And is uh, that normal? Like, like is people normally purge the first night or? Well, I, so purge in this context is vomit, right? Right. Go to the bathroom is the other end, right? Uh -huh. <laughs> and so number one or number two, I didn't do any of that. I think I did have this fear because, you know, talking to people before the ceremony, people that had done it before, this one guy had said, when you go to purge, tighten your sphincter muscles because I've had the experience. It came out both ends. And I was like mortified by that. Like, oh, you know. <laughs> Whoa. And so, 
Yeah. So um, I think I, I had this like fear and, you know, something was like, I was like holding on. And I also think, so this is all related. This is all related because it's, it's the body, right? That's the body. Oh, that's gross. Oh, that's shameful. Oh, that's disgusting. And that's part of what I came to heal. And also the the way that the the toilets were set up, you know, there's these like four kind of like basically holes in the ground with just a toilet seat on sitting on top. And then only three of the, you know, four of the four directions, only three are covered with a curtain. So basically, if you go to use the bathroom, you'll see the other three people that are sitting there at the same time, because there's no door. And so, you know, I'm fairly like, shy. Yeah, yeah. So I just didn't want to go that, you know, I didn't feel comfortable. But but other people just felt totally comfortable, you know, (laughs) I'm pretty modest, too, when it comes to that. So there's just it would be hard for me to go in there and, and I mean, I guess if you have to, you have to, right though. Well, yeah. So that was part of this healing that this whole journey. And so the second night, you know, I was still kind of just feeling, you know, once you see such evil and darkness, it does kind of put a stain on your soul. That's the way I keep thinking of it. I still felt kind of, I don't know. I was just kind of in this little bit of a funk with it. And I had the first cup and again, there was divine mother and it was weird. Like, cause she spoke to me first in Spanish <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, that night. Wow. Yeah. It's interesting. But then, um, did you oh, understand so, it? Yeah. She just said like, soy tu mama and oh, you know, okay. like a couple of things. The, the curanderos, like the first night they seemed kind of like, not, I think strict, but like just, you know, because really wanted to like push us to have the experience. And maybe because because everybody like it was really it, it was really intense the first night. And it was funny because somebody had later told me like about another one of their friends experiences who um, not in this ceremony, but previously who thought that they were in a mental hospital or mental institute because everybody's wearing all white, you know, and then everybody's going crazy. And I was like, oh, yeah, I could totally see how, you know, so I thought it seemed like we were in hell, but I could see how somebody else could totally perceive it that we're in a mental asylum. (laughs) Did they get really scared? (laughs) Probably. I don't know. This is like secondhand. So they were just telling me like, you know, different people's, you know, like perceptions and how somebody had experienced that as, yeah. So a lot of people get, you know, we get faced with things that we're scared of. And then we're, we work through clearing and releasing that. So the second night I had said to the whole group, you don't have to just stay in your spot the whole time. You know, you can come around the fire, you can sing with us, you can move your body. And so it already felt kind of like lighter the second night, which I feel like was because maybe because we did a lot of, we all did a lot of work on the first night. So So, other people told you they had a tough time too that first night? Oh, I mean... I heard. I don't know, like a tough time, but just like people had a lot of like intense experiences. Okay. The, so the second I had that, I had that, that first cup, there's Divine Mother. And she told me like, oh, why don't you go by the fire and see how that is like really light. And so I thought, okay. So I went by the fire and oh, yeah, this is nice kind of singing. And she said, oh, why don't you move? Why don't you move with me? And so I was moving, you know, and that felt really nice. And I was kind of like observing the group. And I was realizing that I always I've told you this before. I think like I'm the one that always wants to have the big experience. And I like push myself to like do the work. And I'm always like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do it. I'm going to face this. I'm going to look at this. But there was this realization like, oh, it doesn't always I don't always have to take that path. It's okay to learn through witnessing 
the collective and, and, you know, learning how I respond with others rather than just because my first night was just all within myself. Right. And it was like, oh, I can interact with others or observe others and see what's being shown to me for that. So when they called for the second cup, I, I didn't, I chose not to take it. I felt like I really went through a lot the night before. And I think that was enough for that. And there's this whole other plant medicine called Yopo that I didn't even know because the first night I was like, so in it, I didn't hear the call for Yopo. But after the second cup, sometime after the second cup, they offer Yopo for people who want it because some people are not affected even by the two cups and still want to have an experience. And Yopo is that 5-MeO-DMT that's similar to what's in Bufo, the toad medicine, which is the really powerful one that, um, yeah, that tends to like, so all the people, mostly like the people that were like screaming and pounding the earth and they were the Yopo people. (laughs) They were the people that took Yopo and it kind of, I guess, Yopo will take you in beyond. Whereas like um, with the ayahuasca, that sounds that, that sounds very intense. Two cups of ayahuasca followed up with five meo DMT. That yeah, I don't think wild. I think for myself I would only I, I would do those things separate. I don't w- want to do both of those. I think that's too too much. But I think the, the mostly like the, the people that did the yopo were people that maybe didn't feel that much from the ayahuasca, so it wasn't like they were already. Yeah. But I don't know for sure. I didn't do like a survey of everybody, but I know like a few people that had said that for whatever reason, you know, their body didn't really respond strongly to the ayahuasca and they didn't really feel very much and they didn't even purge. So they did the Yopo and yeah, so I didn't even hear that call the first night, but then the second night I, I so I decided that I wasn't going to do the second cup. And then I was like, yeah, I don't, I'm not going to do the Yopo, <laughs> like, <laughs> but it's something I, I, I didn't know that much about it then. And I've since, you know, I was watching this documentary on Amazon Prime about Bufo and they were talking about 5-MeO DMT. So I started researching 5-MeO DMT and I'm, I am very, interested in it, particularly like because in that, and I don't remember that, I think it might even just be called Bufo, the the documentary, but you know, Stanislav Graf, the founder of Holotropic Breathwork, yeah. um, he's, it starts off with him talking about his, his 5-MeO DMT experience and how it was more powerful than all of the LS, the hundreds of LSD trips and the DMT and everything he, and the, you know, things he'd done before this was like the most powerful thing he'd ever experienced and how it had stayed with him. And he could kind of like, after the fact, kind of close his eyes and go back into it and, and things like that. And it, it, it was really compelling to make, like make you want to do it, but um, <laughs> not that that's what he was trying to do. He was just sharing authentically. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. There were even, there were even more medicines offered there. They had Cambo there, but I already knew that we were going to do Cambo. And I just, again, I feel like that would be hard after all of that purging. I feel like it'd be hard to also then do Cambo the next day and do a lot more purging and just like h- how hard that would be on the body. Yeah. And then in the morning they have the Sananga, <laughs> the, the eye drops, the Amazon medicine that's meant to kind of clear, I guess they call it Panema, like the sort of energy residue that we start to build up and carry. And so, you know, these different medicines are helping us to clear our energy body and this, this clear this panema and like the, the cambo is one of those things. And in these drops, the Sananga eye drops also clear that energy and are supposed to be really great for your eye health. But different from when we did cambo, <laughs> when they did this, 
and I guess I've also read on it since then that there's like different strengths of Sananga in different kinds from different tribes and so forth. And so I don't know if they just had a different kind or if they also put a lot more in our eyes, but it was really painful for a very long time. Like not 30 seconds long. It was like five to seven minutes of brutal pain in the eyes. Like where you just, I was like writhing in the, the ground, like, oh, and, and first they'd first, cause they were kind of going from one end to the other. First they were like, did the men. And then my friend was like, just, go, go look at the guys. Like they got it about five minutes ago and they were still like, ah, like, well, like, oh. I was like, oh my gosh, we're going to experience that. <laughs> and, wow. um, and also, yeah. So, so that was like, it was really, really painful compared to the Cambo um, time that we did Sananga. So I was, they put the drops in and they have you like flutter your eyes to move it around and then like, cause it's so, so strong, like just all the stuff clears out of your nose, you know, <laughs> like, uh, oh, yeah. so, I, so that, that was yeah. done in the mornings anyway. So yeah, from we, that weekend, yeah, I didn't mention that we, we did that in the Cambo ceremony too. Yeah. yeah. It, it, I don't think it was as powerful as the no. one, but it still was like very intense and yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. There's a whole Shocking. sensation that happens in your sinuses right there in that part of your face. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, you know, I had the second ceremony was just kind of light and that was by choice. And I had learned a lot realizing like, I don't always have to do the really hard, intense thing. It's okay to allow myself to, you know, do it intense one day and do it light the next day. And that's a good, and I so think I, that's a good lesson. Too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's like my, you know, I have a lot of fire in my chart. I have my moon in Leo, my Mars in Leo and my Mercury in Leo. And that fire energy is like, go for it. Push, 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 go. You know, you, you kind of know, like sometimes like with me, there's this like energy of like, boom, like, let's get this done. Let's make this happen. And, but it doesn't always have to be like that. I also have water in my chart, which means I can go with the flow. And so that was sort of like a first night fire, second night water (laughs) experience. But anyway, so I left there. It's just, I really, the group was so amazing and the community was, it was so lovely. And I left there thinking like, oh, I passed that initiation. And then um, that was on Sunday. And then we have our weekly Monday meditation group that, you know, you and I are both a part of. And a lot of times I get a lot of messages that it's really, I love Monday meditation group. I really look forward to it. Just that group meditation energy. It's just very powerful and deep. And I know you get the same thing, right? You get a lot of messages a lot of times or, or just yeah. kind of insight. Yes, every week. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's, so it's I, I, I try not to miss it. You know, I really, I need my yeah. Monday meditation. So Monday meditation comes, the I am presence comes in and just very like sweetly kind of, you know, the way that you would console a child (laughs) lovingly told me like, you know, like, oh, you processed a lot, but you didn't pass that initiation. (laughs) Like, oh, Oh. like uh, part of me, I guess, like deep down inside felt that I thought that there would be a different feeling if I had passed, right? Because I've gone through other initiations before and there's like, you, you know, if your Kundalini awakens, you know, like, you know, if you pass through initiation and there was something missing as far as a feeling of shift. And then, of course, my my little left brain was like, well, how much progress did I make? Well, give me a percentage. <laughs> and so, well, like maybe like 85, 90 percent. And I was like, oh, man. And I and then. I don't think it it told me this, but I think I just had the insight or the realization that 
Yeah, because in saying only love is real, only love is real, you don't get through the darkness by denying it and finding the light. The The initiation is to totally accept the darkness and just even while I feel my heart chakra like opening right now as I'm saying this and just feel deep compassion to not have fear, really feel deep compassion for the darkness. And I, I didn't get there in that experience. I was just trying to move out, you know, I was trying to get past it, you know, I was spiritually bypassing. I was trying to like, this is what we do on, on all sorts of levels all the time. Yeah. I had that realization. Oh, okay. That's right. I need, and I was told, and you didn't fully let go. And this is where the bathroom thing comes in. Cause I was like, whole, like physically holding on is, is emotionally holding on is energetically holding on. Everything is one, right? It's all, we're holistic whole beings. It's all connected. I did make a point and this was told to me on Monday, but I did make a point. I already realized that on two, on Tuesday, on the second night, I was like, I'm just going to use one of those bathrooms tonight. I'm going to make a point to use one of those bathrooms because I need to let go of why should I feel ashamed about how the body's need and other people don't have a problem with it. And so I really want to push myself. So I did. I used the bathroom the second night <laughs> um, and it was fine. I did see somebody else using the bathroom because when you go to look to see, oh, is that one open? You, you know, but I didn't even I didn't even see their face. I didn't. It was fine. And it, there was nothing wrong with that and nobody walked in on me but it it would have been I guess okay because that was part of the deal I mean it's dark out and it's night but like um so I did feel like okay I did make that little bit of progress so that was told to me and then we had this cambo ceremony coming up I knew that cambo is all about this purgative about clearing from your body and your energy system things that are out of balance so I I had the intention that I'm just going to fully let my body purge. I'm not going to like hold anything back this time. But I also, so, so that was just this past Friday. That was just a week ago, right? That we did the Cambo ceremony. So I knew that was coming up, but I also still felt like I didn't feel fully settled with, with the ayahuasca experience. Like I didn't, I was trying to like integrate it more, but I felt like, no, it just feels like it's not complete. And so I saw this opportunity to do DMT ceremony, one-on-one -on -one ceremony. And I, it just felt, I felt called to do it. And I pulled an Oracle card on it. And the message was, you know, was all pointing for me to do that and go in that direction. So I booked that. So we had the Cambo on Friday and then, and last Friday. And then I had the DMT just a several days ago on Tuesday. So go into the Cambo ceremony. I'm just going to let my body purge, whatever, you know, and I had all these weird health things the last year or whatever. So I thought like, yeah, I know that there's stuff that my body, I really just want my body to get better. And I want to honor my body. I don't want to be ashamed of my body. I want to heal my body and love my body. I felt so much heart energy just already on the drive over. And then before we even took the medicine, you know, Rebecca guides us into like a little meditation. And I felt tears of just love and joy. Again, no story behind it, but just I felt that energy. There was a lot of heart space energy. When Crystal shared her sharing of her intention, I felt my heart just like really big. Again, I felt just tears of love. Just my eyes were just kind of watering. I just felt, wow, there's just this is, I feel like part of it is Rebecca and this and her intention and the energy that she holds. And then part of it is Cambo, which is known to 
open the heart. And I yeah. feel like it's both of those things. I didn't, I didn't know it was known to open the heart, but it makes sense because I did have if that you, experience too. If you go back and you listen to our episode with her, she, she says, she that. says it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I forgot. Um, I even yeah, I know. Well, there was, it was packed with information. She gave us so much like really helpful information. So yeah, I found when she I was did. listening to it a second time, I was like, oh yeah, she yeah. did say stuff about the heart. Yeah. So we, we got that first for people who are not familiar, your first time getting Cambo, generally you get three dots. And, and I will say that the burns really don't hurt at all. It's kind of like the way that I think of acupuncture doesn't hurt. You know, if you hear like, oh, you're going to get poked with needles, you might think, oh, that sounds horrid. But then when you go get acupuncture, oh, it really doesn't hurt. And same thing with the, um, you hear like, oh, you're going to get burned. Oh my God. But actually it really doesn't. It's just like the smallest little, to me at least, prick. You can choose either to have it in your left shoulder or your right ankle. And they have different, a little bit like, I guess the one in the shoulder goes into your system faster. And then in your ankle, a little slower. One is like more masculine, one's more feminine. And I, I was just like, oh, I, I don't think I could stand the anticipation of it taking slower and me waiting. I just want the one, the fast one, <laughs> rip the bandaid off. So, <laughs> That's the whole patience thing you're working on. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That'll, I'm sure, continue to be a theme over many more episodes that we have. But yeah, so you and I both chose to do it in the same spot, but maybe for different reasons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I chose for because it's the feminine you know, side. So that's why I chose yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes sense for me too, because this is like this whole, like the feminine and the body and all of this kind of healing that I was wanting to do. So she, she does like one of the three burns first to kind of like see how our body's going to respond and really to kind of make sure that it's going to be okay, that we're going to take to the medicine. Okay. And then we start drinking all of that water. And I, and, and Tim and Crystal are like, you know, much like Crystal's, like, oh, wow, this is a lot. But still, like, they were like way, way ahead of me. Like, not that it's a race, but I felt like, oh, I'm holding everybody up. <laughs> so they were like done. And I was like, just finishing like my second cup. And I realized like I was having a hard time bringing it down because the medicine was already working with me and something like my chest felt stuck. And then that's when all of this like crying went through, moved through me is like that energy was moving and needed to come out before I could drink more water. Like all, like it felt like uh, I couldn't open to drink all the water until that moved out. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And then, um, and then I finally, you know, I was the last one to get all of the, my medicine because I, I was the last one to finish my water. <laughs> oh, and so before then. I don't remember like whether Rebecca was just explaining or if I we had asked the question, but she'd said we were given buckets to purge in. And then she has like a little camping style bathroom, um, which is basically just like a bucket with a toilet seat on it. You know, she said, oh, if, if you go into the toilet, make sure you carry your bucket with you, because a lot of times it comes out both ends. And I was like, horrified and she's like no that's like that's the best healing you know she's like i'm always really happy when i get that kind of a cleanse and i can remember like thinking like i was horrified and then i was like i knew that that was going to be me <laughs> because <laughs> that was what i had to face because i was so disgusted because i'm disgusted by the body and so of course i'm going to experience that because i need to clear and release that 
So it happened. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> I was the one that like rushed to go to the bathroom, brought my bucket. And then I was like, wait, there's only one bathroom. I, I sure hope that Crystal and Tim don't need to come in here because <laughs> it doesn't feel like I can like leave the space for a while. Uh, there was just like a lot of cleansing. <laughs> wow. I didn't know that. Okay. So I just thought you were in there vomiting. We did. And it didn't seem like you were in there that long at all, really. Yeah, who I don't know, but I just I guess because I was so conscious as I always am of like, you know, it's it's hard, and that's why I think it's good for me to be in a very small group space because otherwise I'm so conscious of like everybody else and and their needs and so forth. And so yeah, I was like really concerned that one of you might need to be in there, and I was in there, and like, oh, yeah. what are they going to do? What what if that happens? And and it would have been know, fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you do. I'm like that too. I'm overly conscious sometimes and I'm overly um kind of uh I don't know what the word is. It's not coming to me right now, but I'm just like concerned for everyone else's needs. Yeah, like, but, but then yeah. but but to the point where you'll put them ahead of yourself when really yeah, you know, it's not necessary to do that, you know. Mm-hmm. You're you're yeah, like, just let everybody, you take care of you and I'll take care of me and we'll all be okay, right? Exactly, exactly. yeah. I've learned that that's uh-huh. something I need to work on too, is like, yeah, if I take care of myself first, then um, everyone is better off that way. Right, you know? yeah. So so anyway, and then, um, so, so Tim and Crystal had already, they were, they had taken their medicines before me, so they were already ahead of me in that way. And then also it just seemed like, it didn't feel like I could vomit anymore, like I could purge anymore, but I still felt like all oh, this pain, this pain in my abdomen. And so like Rebecca said, oh, now, you know, you can like lay down and meditate. <laughs> and I felt really bad because here they're trying to like meditate and connect. And I was in so much pain. I was like, oh, I couldn't help it. <laughs> like it was like so painful. Like again, like just like how it was with the ayahuasca where it felt like this, the only way that, that this energy can move is through sound through my vocalization. So here they are trying to like, you know, be in their process and meditate. And I'm over here like, ah, ah. <laughs> no, it's okay. We knew, we, I actually felt bad for you because it sounded like you were in pain. It was really, really painful. And finally she, you know, she kind of said like, Oh, just go ahead and put your fingers down your throat and see if you can clear more. I think it's just all this water is trapped in there and that's, what's causing you to still feel so much pain. And when I finally did that, then it finally, finally went away. It was like, yeah, it was so, so painful. And then after that felt really grounded and just really balanced. And that's how I felt for the days after just really, really balanced and full of energy, but in like a really grounded way. And that felt wonderful the days after. And and Crystal and I both ended up uh, purchasing the Sananga drops. Oh, oh yeah. So the Sananga drops, when um, Rebecca said that we were going to get Sananga after my experience from the ayahuasca, I was like, oh, no, <laughs> because it had been so painful that I was pleasantly surprised that the whatever the mix that she has or the way that she administers it, it really was just like 30 seconds. 
it was pain, really intensely painful, but just for like 30 seconds and then it passed. It wasn't like seven minutes of pain or whatever. And so, so yeah, I, I ended up purchasing some to help my eyes and, and Crystal felt the same and yeah, had something she, to do at home. She's done it a few times and I have not. I have not been brave enough to do it again. <laughs> it does hurt. If you do it, like what I found from the first time since I got brought it home, I didn't think about this, but like, um, and so I, I take it in the morning I left, I had the light on in my bedroom when I put the drops and then it was so painful. And then like the light was painful to my eyes. So then the second time I did it, I was like, okay, I'm going to turn the lights off and do it. And that was so much better. So (laughs) I I recommend, you know, try it. Like I try it lying in bed with the lights off. Okay. And um, that's good advice. And, and with my, my, but my knees bent so that when the painful part, I like kick my feet and it makes it feel better for me. (laughs) I kick my feet for the 20 seconds or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, so the combo felt like that was the letting go piece of my physical body that I didn't do with the ayahuasca needed to be done with the cambo. And so I felt like, okay, now I've done that piece. And then Tuesday when I went in for the DMT ceremony, she had me do uh, pull a card, an oracle card, and the card that I pulled. So this time I decided I was like going to go in with no intention were you, except. Were you by yourself for the ceremony? Yeah. Just you mm-hmm. and her? Okay. Just, mm-hmm. And I decided that I was not going to have an intention other than I would let spirit show me whatever I need to see. And I'm going to fully trust that and um, surrender to it. I pulled the card, compassion, and oh my gosh, like this is the, how perfect, that was exactly what I had already been told that was the, what I needed to do for the dark, you know, it's just hold compassion. I pull the compassion card. Oh, then I chose, because there's different blends, and I chose one that was like this the feminine one, chose that one, and then you just take like a couple of puffs of it you know, you inhale the smoke and then you just kind of drop back in your pillow and allow the experience. And if possible, you know, try to keep your eyes closed. So I, after just the first puff, I already could see like, whoa, reality is shifting out here. Like all the dimensions and patterns and everything was, were going nuts. And then I take the second puff and I close my eyes and I drop back and there's like all these patterns. But again, it's not like, um, it, it's different patterns than when I did the ayahuasca. The ayahuasca were these like, ah, it's hard. It's like these weird little squiggly things that were really bright energy. But this was like, like you see a lot of times when you see um, spirit medicine art and it's like these, uh, I don't know, these like fractal things of like how everything is in like dimension. I don't know. It's hard to explain. Yeah, I know what you're like, talking about. Yeah, yeah. You know, cause you've taken it. <laughs> yeah. Well, but no, yeah, I mean, just by your description. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, and from the art, like if, uh-huh. if, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go Google like, spirit medicine art or something like this or psychedelic art and you'll see like normally if I think of the way I'm experiencing reality it's it's one flat panel screen right and here's like this movie of reality but then when you're on psychedelics it can be that flat pattern is like broken into many like fractals and they're all holding that picture in each one of them many 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 and they're geometric shapes and things anyway yeah so I go in and so the patterns first are beautiful and then it starts to get really dark and ugly, but not again, not, yeah, but not like I didn't see 
images of specific things happening, but the color patterns are really ugly and dark, purple and orange and black and green, but like really ugly colors of this. Hard to explain the colors. It just got really ugly, dark colors. And then the energy behind it was really dark and the patterns were moving, but I wasn't seeing anything specifically. And I was at one point, the images, there was like, I, I, all I could say is like, like sexual perversion. Like I didn't see specifically anything, but that was the energy there. And, it, and I like briefly like blip my eyes open and I was like, no, no, you're going to just see everything. You're going to just hold space for everything that you're being shown. And I closed my eyes back and just held space for it. And then suddenly, just suddenly all of, like I was crying, but it was this big energy. It was this compassion. It was this joyful, beautiful, loving compassion. And it was just all flooding through me, not despair or sadness, but it was just compassion. And I, I felt just this compassion. I was, I, I heard, or maybe I said inwardly, like I felt myself as divine mother and it was so Oh, every time I say this, I like almost want to cry. Like I start to feel the energy again. I just felt I, I realized like that first experience, I wanted to meet divine mother, right? She's still separate from me. And this experience is like, oh, I, I am divine mother. I am divine mother. I felt the compassion. I felt this big energy, this big love. And I heard, remember who you are. Remember who you are. You are divine mother compassion is the bridge between darkness and light. Compassion is the bridge between spirit and matter. And then, and then the images got, the patterns got more beautiful. And I just felt all of this joy and this love. And I understood too that, or either I was told this, or I understood that this time I didn't see I didn't have to see the images any the dark, the way that I did the first time I had already passed through that part of the initiation. And I was told that I passed the initiation. I, I wasn't going to like, it was funny, like I wasn't going to ask, but they, I did, I was told I passed it. I was told I would pass the initiation. Now go and be it. So oh. you are a divine mother. Now go and be it. And, and just, wow, it was such, it was so beautiful and such big energy. And, and then I came back because like the DMT thing doesn't last very long. And this is also, I think in the future, should I do more, plant medicine, which I don't feel called right now to do. I think I would rather, I, I don't need five hours of being in hell. I could have had 20 minutes of being in hell. And I, I, I can get the message that quickly. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't yeah. think I need to do the five hour experience again. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what I get called to. And so I came back from that and it was just so beautiful. And I felt the shift. I felt, I felt the beingness versus just the understanding of like, oh, this is what I needed to learn. It just, I was embodying it and I felt it because I didn't write down what Divine Mother told me in the ayahuasca. And so experience. So this time I had my journal like right next to me and I came out of the experience and I grabbed my journal to write it down. And then it was like, I felt like, no, no, I, that's my doing this. That's the masculine, just be. And so I sat more again with the experience and I just was for, for, you know, more time. And then finally, I was like, okay, I'm going to write this down. And then she had me pull from a different deck, one more card to close. And I pulled, this was a different deck. And so it wasn't like, it was like this 
card that had this like, uh, it was like it said up or something. It said, don't play small, which has been a recurring theme for me. And then the last thing that it said was remember who you are. And I was like, whoa, that's what I, I just heard. Yeah. Wow. It, you know? And yeah. So when I heard that, you know, I heard that I am divine mother, remember who you are, you are oneness. So yeah, it was the perfect conclusion. It was exactly what I needed to feel. I, I, I felt so just whole and complete since then. And just thankful for the experience. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. What a journey, you know, all that you went through, you know, starting with the ayahuasca and then the cambo and then all the way to the DMT. That's, that's pretty incredible. Yeah. It's, it's, everybody gets whatever they need. And so, but you know, since, because I think before with the ayahuasca, like I, I did come in with some unrealistic expectation or specific expectation. I thought that I wasn't, but I, I think I had heard from so many people talking about like all the unconditional love that they experienced with ayahuasca. But since my, my dark experience, actually I've met a number of people who told me like, Oh, I went to hell also, you know? And I was like, Oh, what did you get out of that experience? Like somebody who said, Oh, I came in with the intention of experiencing unconditional love. And here I went to hell. And I was like, Oh, what was your takeaway? And then she said, well, my takeaway was, that's really unconditional love if you can go to the darkest of the dark. And so I do think that that's collectively a lesson that, that we, you know, we're really polarized right now. And the w- way back to unity is to find that compassion and to, to yeah. hold space for, I'd say those who create darkness, but that's us recognize that that's us, that yeah. we are that maybe not in this lifetime, but we've all, that's the journey that we all go through. That's the evolution that we all go through in our beingness and to like fully like hold space for that and accept that is the only way that we can fully transmute and, and ascend. Yeah, that's right. That was a very enlightening. That was <laughs> way more than I expected. I didn't know that you first of all had done the DMT. So that was a surprise to me. Surprise! But, but yeah, but I didn't, I didn't, and I didn't have any idea that you went through all that in your ayahuasca ceremony either. You know, I had read about people who had had similar experiences to that. I'd n- never met anyone though, so that's pretty intense. I guess you gotta. Yeah. I, I, I was just gonna say, I guess that's one of the things you gotta be ready for if you're gonna do it. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, I just kind of want people to have that balanced idea because you see so many things nowadays about people who cured their 20 years of depression and anxiety and so forth. But you also have to really be willing to face whatever's going to be shown to you. Yeah. I think it's important to kind of show both sides. It did feel, and I've talked to other people who had experiences where it did feel kind of traumatic for them. And I, I did sort of feel a little bit of that, you know, for the days. I, oh, I was joking to my friends. This is actually true. You know, I like these like shows that have really good character development. And so a lot of them are a little bit dark. And I've been able to, you know, I, for whatever reason, right before this, I had started rewatching The Handmaid's Tale. I just find it really fascinating and the parallels with our current current reality and and this fictional, so-called fictional reality. Anyway, I really like the character development. It's very well acted, So, but it's pretty dark. And then after that ayahuasca experience, I was like, 
I'm watching, and I've never been this person, this adult person. As a child, I was this person, but not. There's these adult people that like love watching Disney movies. I have not been that person. I, but after the ayahuasca <laughs> experience, I'm like, I'm watching only Disney movies and <laughs> Hallmark um, uh, Christmas uh, specials. And I, seriously, I only wanted to watch these like really light, fluffy things after that because I needed to sort of cleanse my palate bet, for a yeah. bit. Yeah, I felt like that after the the Cambo ceremony too. I, I we were kind of turned on the TV that night and uh, we we're kind of going through the Netflix stuff and I was like, yeah, I don't feel like any of that. And we ended up watching a movie about some indigenous people in the jungle. <laughs> That's really what we wanted. We wanted to watch it and we did. It was yeah. so awesome. But yeah, you mentioned something too that I I forgot to mention is, you know, after the ceremony, the Cambo ceremony, I did feel the same thing. I felt like a lot of energy and I felt really grounded. It was like a really, Mm -hmm. you know, pure feeling. I had it for several days and that was great. And then I I did forget to mention too that remember I talked about how the food, I just felt like heavy foods were not moving through me. And uh, once we got home from the Cambo ceremony, like immediately after we got home, yeah, I had to go to the bathroom and (laughs) it was a... interesting and unique experience for me because yeah i had a a lot of clearing and then something had been in my body for so long i'm I'm not i'm not even kidding it had to be years and it was just like in there and I i don't even know how to explain this but so much came out of me and it was like black and it was unbelievable what happened and then my body physically looked different after that that like I hadn't looked in years, something was in there that came out and I feel like a different person now in my digestive system specifically. So it was an alien baby. <laughs> it might've been. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was wild, but yeah, I knew I feel a lot better now and now I can eat normally again and I don't feel that feeling that stuck feeling anymore. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah, I did I did receive the guidance in meditation that I did a lot of really good clearing for my body in Cambo and that it would be helpful to do it again. And so so I am planning to do it again early next year, the, the Cambo, which is, you know, again, not psychedelic. I don't know about the psychedelic things if 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 or when. I think I will I think eventually I'll be called to do Bufo, the toad medicine. In, and then you can hear about that experience. Uh, yeah, other than that, just really just the Cambo, just to just continue like fully clearing my body. I think that I had been really out of, even though I like eat, I've been eating healthy for many, many, many years. Little, the little things like my body is actually very, very sensitive. I can, I can get, I can get a contact high around other people. Like I'm just very energetically so, and just things like having drank alcohol I didn't even drink alcohol I only drank alcohol socially when I did drink you know which might be like a couple times a month but then like even that like my body was never designed to assimilate alcohol because I think from my mom's side that you know on the Japanese side a lot of Asians lack that enzyme it's always my body's always had an allergic reaction where I'd get really red and my eyes would get bloodshot and I would get really really flush and I would just ignore it and so like I think all these years I've been ignoring my body and there's just stuff, you know, that just needed to, to toxins and things that needed to cleanse and, and yeah. clear. So oh, for sure. Yeah. I think that's the case with most people. 
Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. We were already talking about doing it again, too. I don't know if I'm going to do it that soon like you, but I'm going to, yeah. at some point I will do it again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. Plus for Becca, I mean, you can't say enough good things about her. I mean, she really does an excellent job of that whole ceremony, you know. So. She's so authentic. And she, so it's what I've, what I already kind of like, sensed or thought is like these sacred ceremonies, because now, of course, it's becoming popularized. And so there's plenty of there's people doing these things, or even coming to these things, not always with the purest of intention, right? It's a, it's a way that people can make money. It's it's popularized. But yeah. no, Rebecca's like the real deal. She's so genuine. And so it's so, so much about the space that people create with their energy and intention that is the sacred container for people to have powerful experiences. And and Rebecca really held the space well. And, and I felt that with the you know, with the DMT and with the ayahuasca is that even though like I had this hell experience, I really do think that was like part of the whole group collective energy. And like I said, this, this was this initiation that I needed to go through, but it, I didn't feel like that I wasn't, my, my, my body and my being was safe. And if any point I could have raised my hand and asked for help, but I, I didn't, it felt like a journey that I needed to go on by myself. So I feel like the, container was very safe on all of these things that I did. And I would just say, you know, if anybody else is thinking about these things after we discuss this, like really kind of, you know, go into your heart space or go into your meditation and feel into any facilitator before you make a decision. Yeah, I think that's a very important thing is uh, that can make the, the whole experience different, you know, if they're doing it properly and they have the right intentions, you know, that can make all the difference. And, uh, you know, that's, that's just a golden rule of, of psychedelics period is that, uh, you know, set and setting, they always say set and setting, but you know, what does that mean? That means make sure you're in a good, safe place, both physically and in your mind mentally. Mm-hmm. And then also make sure that you're comfortable. And, and as long as those two things are taken care of, I think it will go well. But, you know, the facilitators have a lot to do with that. So mm-hmm. it's, it's good that you found those people and that you uh, had good experiences, you know, even though it was challenging, it was still, yeah. you know, you came out the other side better for it. So everything is divinely guided, right? So it's not a happenstance that I was connected to these people. Like this was what I needed to work through at this time and Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond the Illusion. I'd like to say thank you very much to Tiana Roser for taking the time to share her knowledge and gifts with us. If you want to learn more about Tiana and her offerings, please visit awakeningtransformation.com. I'd also like to thank her for all the work she does to keep this podcast interesting, and I'd like to thank Casey Hansen for providing the music. If you'd like to learn more about us or find past episodes, please visit beyondtheillusionpodcast.com. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please leave a rating for us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast from. This will help other people find us. Take care.